Cooling. Yeah. Okay, so we started now. <clears throat> and I could edit it. I could always clip things off or whatever. For sure, man. So, but it's it's rolling. Do you have like an introduction to your podcast that you normally do? Well, for this one, it's gonna be. Cooling. Cooling. I, I have it on my iTunes. So I'm gonna drag it in there. Oh uh-huh, yeah. It's gonna say cooling. Well, I sent that to you. I think I was in Iowa. I remember where I sent it. I was walking. So there's this church which happens to be called on like in, uh, the Snapchat filters. It happens to be called CTK Chapel. So CTK is uh, Ivan's little brother's yeah. little album. I can't think of what it's called. Kind of right like now. brand name. Yeah, it's name. his brand. So like, I happened to be there. I was like, this shit says CTK. I've been here for two years and just noticed. So I sent it to him, and it was like, that's hilarious. But yeah, I was walking up the steps to get to that little plate wherever I was going, and that's when I sent you the cool in. And I was like, I'll never forget that. It was and super funny. that was <clears throat> that was about. Five years ago, it's a long time. How okay, was it that long? Dude, ago? I was in, I was, in, I was like, yeah, it was. I don't think it was five years ago. I'm willing to bet. Because <laughs> think about it like this: I was in Iowa five years ago. Five years ago, bro, we were like barely out of high school. Okay, how about this? How about this? I probably sent to you multiple twice. times. The very yeah. first time had to have been life. I guarantee, I still have it in my. Um, yeah, I for sure have it. I for sure, for sure have it here. In my <laughs> I for sure. Ha- yeah, I know. I, yeah. If I scroll back far enough, it's for sharing our text. Because, yeah, I, I don't erase my text messages for some reason. It's always good to have that blackmail on people. Cooling. Where'd Cooling. you get that from? I don't even know. Looking back, I have no clue. All right, well, I have a question for you, Kevin. What's good, man? What's it feel like to be Kevin Cuddy? <laughs> Compared to what? Like anything else? Um, let's see. Let's. Uh, what's it feel like? I feel like I'm an everyday person. Yeah? Yeah, to be honest. I, I mean, I wear so. pretty basic. I do pretty simple things, especially I don't know. since COVID. I mean, I made a little investment, I would say, into myself being selfish. Well, <clears throat> I bought weights, so I was like. So I can't work, so... You lift weights. I just lift weights, and pretty much that's all I've been doing. That's, like, the most productive part of my day is lifting weights. Well, the average person does not lift weights, so you are not the average person. Well, I'd like to consider myself not the average person, but I'm definitely a typical day-to-day person. Like, with the friends I, like, surround myself with. I'm Mm -hmm. not based off, like... I feel like everyone I hang out with isn't the average man. We all do something that... Ordinary people wouldn't. Do you think the average man thinks that they're the average man? Yeah, because they compare themselves to their surroundings. So if you're dirt and you surround yourself with dirt, guess what? You're going to think, oh, I'm just like everyone else. Okay. Well, I don't know if that makes sense, but like... That's fair. I, I did <clears throat> read something that said the average person does not think that they're the average person. They think they're better? Yeah. I mean, if you have higher standards, I'd like to think like... I don't. I just don't like sounding cocky in my own like yeah. No, I personal noticed. experiences. I've been always like, I had pretty bad examples of people being cocky. Yeah, you can take that firsthand. You were surrounded by the same pre- per people. Mm-hmm. We'll say we don't need to throw names out there. Mm-hmm. But just growing up around that, I was like, fuck that. Part of my language, but I was like, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah, no, it's always better to be humble. <clears throat> so just being like 
I guess growing up with the, I guess, quote-unquote success that I've had with my sports and just whatever, I've never wanted to be the one to just, like, go out of my way to tell people or whatever. It's always my mom or my friends to be the one that's like, oh, he's a state champ or, oh, he's an All-American. It's that I feel like it's never really me it's saying it. Yeah, it's better that way. Unless, <laughs> yeah, unless the person just, like, asks me like yeah. face to face then I'll be like yeah this is my list of I guess accolades but I've never really wanted to be cocky because that's good that's great that. and um I heard someone say it. I think it was Sianez he said you know you made it when other people hype up your success and you don't have to or something oh like definitely that. that's def- I don't know I mean I can see it. Sayane is I I can agree with him on that, but he's a very different standpoint in life. He uh obviously he has his career set. He's I pretty sh- I'm praying for him anyway that that's what he wants to do till he's no he there, does which is yeah I I'd imagine well, just from what I've heard him say what I'm yeah so I can imagine he's I'd agree with him yeah like and he's not a very like cocky person he has his his ways. Which is sick. I like it. It was fun coaching with them for those, I think, two years. And, yeah, I, I agree with him on that statement, though. It's You know you made it when other people brag about what you've done. I mean, he's turned South Hills program <clears throat> back into... Uh, he, turned, he turned it around, and, and, and it's, it's dipping back into what it was. Yeah, it's it's dabbling with the danger again, and I, I like it. Like, it's it's going to be, I'm saying in the next couple of years, it's going to be in the running for that CAF dual title. It's going to it's gonna have those state qualifiers. I mean, you guys are... You personally are taking care of the kids' club. You're building that feeder program. So <clears throat> it's going to be sick to see what's to come by the time. Man, who knows? Like, next couple years, you guys are going to be another program to bargain with. Well, I hope everything that you just said fulfills itself um, like a prophecy in some sort because that would be dope. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> I feel like it definitely yeah. will, man. Like, just with time, I mean... Obviously, you know the Grapplers program. Not very far away. It's very successful. It has its little legacy. It's going to be... It has a lot of kids. Yeah, it has the competition it needs. And, I mean, it's a good program. So, I mean, competing with that is always hard. But, I mean, some people like the smaller program. You get that individualized, like, one-on-one time. It's it's like going to USC compared to, like, a small D1 where you're going to get that little... One-on-one time. One-on-one time. Yeah, that's usually our strong point is that we have more one-on-one time like yes. more and more time to, to spend with the kids I mean and, and they do and you're always going to get those kids who bounce back and forth they go to both so and honestly kids clubs it doesn't matter because they're destined to go to one high school anywhere based off where they live yeah there's ways around it but yeah there's going to be a grapplers kid that ends up at South Hills there's going to be yeah. the I can't remember the other clubs but like there's a bunch of other clubs and they always end up if you're going to wrestle and you want to be in high school you'll figure it out uh, so just so everybody knows, we're drinking Modelo and Hennessy. Modelitos. Yep. Just found out about these guys today. So the more we drink, the more in it we're going to feel. <clears throat> yeah, my little brother does a podcast too, which is kind of funny. <clears throat> like Kyle? Kyle, well, his butt, him and his buddies do a podcast. So they like actually just ended up putting it on YouTube they're on SoundCloud and stuff. Uh, Long Podcast, if y'all are interested. Uh, I can get the name later, but... Yeah. Well, I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, I'll, so, I'll give it to them and text them. They always send some... They always talk about some funny topics and stuff like that. That one's more... 
don't know what to call it, but they definitely got a bunch of stuff in there they talk about. It's a good little vibe if you want to listen to it. <clears throat> but yeah, my little brother does podcasts too, so I, I didn't even know funny. that. Yeah, him and a couple of his college buddies. They post every like couple weeks. Okay, so I have an idea. You shoot me a name, I'll talk about them. I shoot you a name, you talk about them. Because that's kind of what we did with Sianna. And I'm thinking that if we do that, they're going to listen. Any type of name? Uh, someone that we both know. <sighs> Talrico. Aye. Talrico. Alright, so what do I Man say? the myth. <clears throat> okay, so ask me a specific question about him. <laughs> I guess just overall thoughts. I mean, I know you respected the dude. Yeah. When they had that weird, I don't know what the fuck happened at the senior banquet. <clears throat> when they had the mix up and they only printed one award or whatever for some reason. But that dude went up out of his way to say there was a mistake. Okay, that whole thing. Okay. Well, about the guy. So me, myself, I think that I'm, I'm, I am passionate about the sport of wrestling. And I think that that I am that way because... A lot of his passion rubbed off on me, and I saw the way he treated the program. I saw how much he he enjoyed it, he loved it, and I applied it, or I just kind of took in like his perception of the program, and it, and it sticks to me today. I still keep in contact with him. I texted him the day of the baby shower. We're always talking. I love that guy. He is like a father figure in a way, you know, mm-hmm. because my, my parents weren't involved in the program so he kind of fit that little little role little role so i love that guy to death um i looked up to him in that uh setting i thought that he knew all the answers well now i'm older i know he doesn't but like at the time i was like this guy this guy knows yeah this guy knows all the answers (laughs) this guy knows what he's talking about and he did he does uh, to a certain extent, and I'll give like all the credit of who I am in regards to the sport of wrestling to that guy, and that's what I, oh that's really all I have to say about him. I mean, I'm not gonna delve into his personality. He's he's just old school coach coach style and whatnot. Much so so I like you. yeah. That's what I gotta say about Tyrico. All right, I'm gonna shoot you back uh, with a person. You gonna talk about him? Sure, Ivan. Ivan Martinez. <laughs> All right, this motherfucker, man. Uh, at Ivan's photos, if you ever need a photographer, you're looking for something crazy. He's a he's a pretty good little sports action shot guy. He likes surfing, skating. Just, he'll shoot anything you want. Just ask him, he'll do it. You you gotta pay him though. Be yeah. ready. He'll 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 go to you. He'll, he'll drive some, to you. He'll take some fire pictures, and he will send them to you. Yeah. Uh, he does prints if you ask, but. I, I don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure he charges like forty an hour, which is not bad. You're gonna have those photos for the rest of your life, and they're really good. Yeah, man, photos are the memories you can never forget. <clears throat> yes, sir. But so let's see. I met him. I've known him actually mm-hmm. my whole freaking life, honestly. <laughs> uh, elementary school, he was that weird kid who could do the six one nine. I don't know if you guys follow WWE. Rey Mysterio's signature move, six one nine. I don't know how to explain it, but he would do that in, like, any any setting he could do. Overly hyper. <clears throat> uh, for, I don't know. He always... Very, he hasn't changed since the fucking third grade. Um, 
<laughs> he really tw- hasn't. He's 24. Yeah, we're 20. Yeah, third grade, so we're, what, nine in third grade? We're 23, 24 now. This dude is, if you can imagine that third grader growing up, it's picture perfect. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's hard. It's and hard. You got to meet him. Yeah, even if you met him, he's the type of dude that'll go on a bus and will sit in the back of the bus by himself. Even if all the friends are in the middle of the bus, he'll go back Yeah, he'll, he'll think it's the funniest <laughs> thing. Like, it's Ivan is the goofiest, most creative, funny, spontaneous person you're ever going to meet in your life. And it's it's good and bad. It's got its perks. Yes, sir. <laughs> you never, I just say it's rolling the dice. You never know what you're going to get, which is, in my opinion, that's not a bad thing. It's always, It keeps it interesting. Uh, very, his work ethic unreal if he's determined he wants to do something my dude's gonna do it yeah and i agree with everything kevin's saying right now uh dude's crazy he gets hyper you got to deal with that but yeah I mean, that, been, that's some, that, that yeah. pretty much sums up who ivan is there's do there's definitely times you want to kill him and there's times you want to hug him because no matter what he's gonna be there for you but Ivan, he's brutally honest. And, yeah, he'll tell you like it is. He is brutally honest. He'll like, just, he'll let you know right yeah. then and there if you're fucking up or if you're fucking off or if he if doesn't like the, something. If, if you're in the wrong, right then and there. Hey. Boom. Facts. Right there. <laughs> he, he spits it how it yeah. is, man. Can't so, go wrong. It's a curse and a blessing. Yeah. But, hey, that's why I fuck with it because I know where I stand at all times with that man. Yeah. And you guys became close... You guys met when you were in third grade, right? Yeah, so we weren't, honestly, so middle school, we didn't have any contact. Because he went to, I don't know, I think he said Sierra Vista Middle School. Apparently, there's Sierra Vista Middle Schools and high schools everywhere I've never known about, but they're they're everywhere. Wait, where did you go? I went to Sierra Vista Middle School. Okay, so those are two different Sierra Vistas. Apparently. Yeah, okay. Just to clarify. Yeah, so... Yeah, high school freshman year, I didn't really. It came around honestly. I want to say my sophomore junior year, I uh, went to camp with you. That whole group merged. Me and Gio were friends. My freshman year, I saw Gio wrestle. I told him the challenge. I was like, Oh, I was like, uh, dude, you can beat these two kids. Not expecting him to challenge me the day before league, but you talking, talking about Gio. Gio, yeah. Wait, did he do that? Did he say I want to challenge? No, no. Or did Fro, they made him. Fro threw it out there, and I thought, like looking back, that was a really bad coaching decision. Okay, let's let's cut this because I don't want anyone to have. <laughs> no, uh, it doesn't matter. Anyway, yeah, that's the part that says cut. I'm gonna be like, and it's not. I'm just gonna say it's nothing against <clears throat> coach, but I feel like looking back, like okay, Gio. Definitely was a good wrestler. First year wrestler. Yeah, good first year yeah, wrestler. Yeah, good first year wrestler. He had great success. I watched him whoop on a bunch of freshman, sophomore. Mm-hmm. Even, fuck, I don't know who he wrestled. But he was, he's beating kids mm-hmm. handily. When it comes to the day before league, the qualifier to get to that next step in the postseason, I feel like you should not have challenge matches the day before. This should be established oh, yeah, you're two right. weeks before. Just yeah. risk of injury. Okay. Uh you already established who the guy was. Yeah, which is... Yeah, like, you already had everything in set. Like, yeah. We have this tradition where we bleach our hair. My hair is blonde right now. It literally just makes me look more pale than anything. My hair was bleached, so I look like a damn skeleton... I don't know what uh, you call what it. What is it called? Albino? Albino skeleton. Hey, but he looked good, though. Yeah. I had many... <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And we had the... Uh, 
everything was all set for me to go to league. So the fact that I had a challenge really pissed me off. And then with the day before, yeah, literally the day before, that is literally retarded because so you were already cutting too. Yeah, I was. Da- I was literally. I had planned to run home that day because I had to lose two more pounds. Okay. Okay. Bad coaching decision because just I think just personally, honestly, risk of injury. Okay. That's it's solid. a live match. You should already know who your guy is a week or so before you're going to that step. Like, yeah. And my college, we did our challenge matches to determine who the guy was that was final. Season ends in March. February, like mid February, late February, is the qualifier for nationals. We determined who the starter was in January. Okay. We had our two out of three match wrestle in January. So that's a full month plus ahead okay that's that fair. we knew so why do you think he did it then honestly i couldn't tell you he thought it was funny everyone both for fun yeah i think i think he honestly just thought it was funny because he already knew how it was gonna end yeah i hate it, to that put, that's like, what i'm saying no it's true i think that's why it happened but like just the f- i remember i i was i came off the mat and i was just pissed because i wrestled like dirt because my head wasn't right and like i think they just wanted you to put him in his place if the, I, that's what i think Oh. That's just what I think. That's uh, what I think. I, that's just... <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe, but I don't know. Because I remember we had challenge matches at the beginning of the year. We only had them, like, twice. We didn't well, yeah, have... you have one in the beginning and one in the end. Yeah, it was the weirdest thing. I feel like you should... One at the beginning to set up the lineup, one at the end to boom, figure boom, out who's boom. Like, it, I think, like, in college, you have two out of three wrestle-offs. At best, two out of three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like that's how you should do it if you're going to do it at all. Most of the time, and like a lot of the programs I've been in, it's kind of based off tournament performance. And I know that's kind of different in high school. You can't send as many kids, or mm-hmm. I mean, even in college, you can't send as many like people. But you know who your like base of starters is going to be. Yeah. So, say it's fifteen guys, twenty guys in college, just ten dudes. In my opinion, you have your top whatever people. Say there's two guys at every weight. Mm-hmm. You're able to afford. Program wise, to get all twenty in that tournament, uh, I feel like you should be able to just go based off tournament performance. It keeps camaraderie in the room a lot better. There's no like weird beef, which you should have that competition. Yeah, you should always be scared for your spot. I feel like it's a great thing. It motivated, keeps you on your toes, right? It keeps you motivated. It keeps you working your ass off. I feel like <laughs> it's a good thing, but I feel like just because, bro, there's there's people who I like my genuine feelings. There's people in the sports, any sport. They are just practice all-stars. They will whoop the best dude's ass in the room. Oh, yeah. In the practice yeah, room. Yeah. And I have my own theory to that, but finish your thought. They are, they, I don't know if it's just a relief of pressure or what, but there's practice all-stars where they go in ready. They come, they're doing things, you're like, damn. But when the pressure of the match comes on, like outside the wrestling room, it's like they crumble or mm-hmm. I don't know what happens, but their performance is not what it is in the room. Mm-hmm. They're taking that guy that they beat in the room to the brink, mm-hmm. but then they go out on the mat and say they have that common opponent. Say it's the quarterfinals. Boom. They wrestle this kid that's the practice all-star who beats the crap out of this kid on the other side of the bracket. Yeah, who does? Okay. Who, who he drops, and then the kid who beat the crap out of the practice all-star moves up, and then the guy who's the who gets the crap beat out of him by the practice all-star moves on. Practice guy who gets his ass kicked beats the living shit out of the kid who beat the practice all star. Okay. Just like things like that. Common opponents, but gay, yeah, guess what? Guess who's doing better? Guess who's scoring more points for the team? The kid who's getting ass his ass whooped in practice. Yeah. 
yeah. Yeah, and you, you could tie that into, uh, I'm tying that into like three thoughts in my head. But why do you think that is? That's my question. Um, it's a probably like a little, it's a bunch of things. I feel like performance anxiety. Uh, oh, there's people watching me now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They think everyone's watching their match. I don't know what it could be. Mm-hmm. Um, that, the pressure of being like, oh, I might have to wrestle whoever next. Or they look too far ahead. Or just sometimes there's style matchup problems, honestly. Yeah. Because there's people who you can do. There's there's always times in rankings where, or not even rankings, but there's three guys who have wrestled each other, and they've all beat each other. But so, like, let's just say one, two, styles, let's just say, right? yeah, let's say one two, and three beat each other. So one and two wrestle, two beats one. Yeah. One and three wrestle. One beats three, and then three two and three two. beats Russell, and three beats two. Yeah, like rock paper scissors. So it messes up everything. Yeah. But I feel like it's just a style matchup thing. Um, what I think. <clears throat> give me a second while I pop this yeah, back, back in. Hopefully. Here's what I think it is. I think during practice, so the flip side to the anxiety is being comfortable, right? In practice, yeah. it doesn't matter. No spotlight. Boom. Exactly. Two, you know who you're wrestling. You already know their style. Boom. So it's like. If I'm rocking, I know your scissors. I already know your scissors, right? But you're, yeah, your scissors. I'm rocking scissors. And then in tournament, there's more papers that you can do better compared to me because I'm rocking papers. Going to be rock, whatever. Yeah. It, it, analogy to put the style mix up and 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 whatever out the outcome. But even if you're not good, like let's say, let's say, um. You have two kids in the same room, and yeah. one's really good, and the other one's not so good. Eventually, that kid that's not so good is gonna be able to um, compete with compete the with the kid who's good, yeah, or they beat him, out each or, because he, exactly. Yeah. But then when you go out to a tournament, it's not like it's just like, oh yeah, I'm better than him, right? The kid who's ranked, let's just say first, right? And that's the same kid you're drilling with. Yeah. But it's only because you know him as a wrestler, mm-hmm. and you know his that's style. What I'm you know he's gonna shoot yeah. that single leg to the right exactly. side. Exactly. But I feel like. I mean, in high school, there's there's obviously, like, I want to say recruiting, but scouting to, like, watch what people do and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. just like football games, you watch the plays and stuff. Yeah. There's that with wrestling. But I feel like it's definitely more so in college, like, just from my own experience. Yeah, because, and I would say because every coach and wrestler is more wise, and that's and scouting is a good decision to do. It's part of the sport, for sure. Yeah, and only a portion of high school coaches and wrestlers do that because – they're aware of it, yeah. and they know that it works. But in college, the, the standard is yeah, higher I mean, that everyone's going to be doing exactly. it. But I'm saying, like, a lot, like, in just in the scouting, I feel like, oh, yeah, they know you're going to shoot that single leg or whatever, mm-hmm. but that's your shot. Mm-hmm. Just because they know it's coming doesn't mean they can stop it. Okay, that's true. So, you like, got to be good at it. Yeah, yeah like, <laughs> if, you're, if that's your business, if you're, you're going to hit it. Like, if people know, oh, Shit, he's got that single leg, that high crotch, yeah. snap down, go behind. Just that little niche they do. Like A lot of people know in college you're going to do that. I mean, they're going to prepare the best they can, but what makes the good guys good is it doesn't matter. Yeah, they're going to do it anyway. They're going to do it anyway. You can be aware, you can prepare for it, but they, they know a flow that's going to get you a little, like they're going to hit something else that's going to... You're going to be like, oh, shit, where'd yeah, that yeah, come yeah, from? Exactly. That boom, they're yeah, in their exactly. go-to. They know it so well that even if you counter, they know what to do. Yeah, they, they say, okay, I know how to, like, make you out to make me get to where I'm comfortable again. That's dope. Wrestling's fun. Wrestling is very uh, fun. I miss all it. All right. So here's my question. 
do you think that wrestling is like chess? Compared to like checkers? Or like, if you were to compare chess to wrestling, what's your opinion? Like, do you think that it's a good analogy? Or that it's not a good analogy? Like, what would you compare wrestling to? Like, if I said, wrestling's like chess, what would you say? Would you be like, yeah, it is I like mean, chess, you or would you do, say wrestling's more like in this? In a sense, you got it. I feel like you do have to be, I guess, three moves ahead. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, unlike chess, I, well, chess is unpredictable too, but I feel like you're more aware because it's just the pace. Because you could end up in some weird position. Like, you could be, everything could be flowing smooth. Boom. You end up in a position you're familiar with. It seems like, oh, I'm ready to be here. But the ref calls it potentially dangerous, throws it all off. Okay. So I feel like just because ah. outside factors of referees and stuff like that, like, yeah, in the sense you got to be prepared for what you're com- like, what's to come next. Like, oh, I know this single, I'm going to shoot this single again. I know he's going to sprawl. He's probably going to wizard. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to be that, that, like, couple steps ahead type thing. So, what I'm interpreting, and I think you're unintentionally, and unintentionally portraying, is that wrestling is actually more complicated than chess. Because in chess, everything's set. But in wrestling, you, there's other factors that you don't know, like a ref calling potentially dangerous. Yeah. And that could throw everything off. Exactly. But I feel like, because I know in chess, you got to be a couple moves ahead. you got to think ahead. Like, you got to yeah. set your plan and stuff. And I feel like... The best wrestling I ever did was kind of not planned. Like, yeah, you have your go-to moves. You have mm-hmm. what you think you're going to set up. But mm-hmm. sometimes you get out there and that guy you think you're just going to, like, boom, boom, snap, fake, doesn't single, shit. Yeah. he doesn't react right or yeah. he's just a meathead. You can't get his head to move. Mm-hmm. So you got to, like, think on the fly. So, yeah, you got to have your game plan, but... I feel like the best wrestling I ever did, and it, it goes back to the coach I'm actually working on now. He said, don't think. Mm-hmm. Just go out there. You've been doing this two hours a day, every day, plus for how long now? Your body knows what to do. Your muscle memory is there. Like, so would you say it's, apart from muscle memory, inst- instinctual kind of situational awareness and whatnot, it's, it's a matter of... What's the word? I, I feel like just letting it fly. Obviously, you want to have the your head right, and you want to have those conscious decisions. Say you're in a tight match, you're up two points. There's mm-hmm. 30 seconds left on the clock. You have no stalling calls. Why are you going to, like, ah, this sounds bad, but why are you going to put yourself in a position to take a bad shot and put into overtime? Mm-hmm. When no, you can kind of just stay in good position you can be offensive. Like, I'm all for it. Beat on the head. Be hand fight, hands heavy. All this. Keep them moving. But that doesn't necessarily mean take a bad shot because it's there. Yeah. It means stay offensive in the sense, like, don't get called for stalling. So stay in your okay, good position. That's, that's a good way to put it. Stay in your position. Play the... It sounds bad because I hate... Whatever. It. Yeah, play the part. It, it, it is what it yeah, is. Play, <laughs> the, play the part. Like, I'm here to wrestle. You can engage in your tie-ups. You can... You can keep them moving because guess what? You're still being offensive, but that doesn't mean you're going to go out and take 15 shots. Mm-hmm. And like, cause, yeah. and I feel like that's a young mistake when it comes to any type of wrestling. It's like, oh, I'm ahead. And that's what something I wish I knew in high school. Like, oh, I'm up. I'm up. Like, but I want to be, I want to say it's Iowa style, but very like Iowa style. They just move forward. Boom, boom, boom. I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep going. I'm going to keep going. Like, so are you saying, because there's, there's two, two things. When you're up, 
you instead of just playing it safe at that point, you should um, try and be even more up. Well, okay, depending on where you're at in the match. So exactly, because earlier you said you play it safe, so I'm assuming you would play it safe towards the end of the match. Yeah. So say let's go. Let's just say thirty seconds on the clock, third period. You're up two zero. Okay, so that's a different match because at that point it's super close. Yeah, that's too close for comfort. He's gonna shoot for a in high school. It's five point move, college six point move. He's going for that big move. Yeah, he's has to. Yeah. So he's gonna go for that big move, and he's he's gonna be going. So yeah, you got it. And so there's where you gotta worry about that slime call because thirty seconds left in a two point match. I'm saying you gotta almost say f it. Like yeah. Obviously, Hell Mary, yeah. Like you have nothing to lose at this point. Yeah. So I'm saying you beat on the head. You know he's coming, so I'm saying you just keep your position. You you go on doing your thing, and then if he takes that bad shot, then you capitalize. If you take that bad shot, though, you put yourself at the risk. Okay, so what you're saying is if you're beating up on a kid early in the match... Keep pushing. Keep like, pushing so him. that you could break him and then um, uh, increase that gap of yeah. points. So second period, you're up 5-0. Yeah. No reason to not go for the shot. Yeah. Obviously, don't take a bad shot. Keep your setups going, keep this, but keep that pressure, because why not get that major? And if you're at the major in the second period, why not get the tech? Yeah, and this is tournament, right? Tournament, duel. Yeah, because I think duel is a different duel, mindset. Duel, it depends on where you're at in the duel. Yeah, because like, you know how you said, this is why. Because, and you're right, depends where you're at, but yeah. also when you said, go for the Hail Mary, why not? Yeah. Well, it's probably better to just lose by two points than to get pinned, because you try to go for a Hail Mary. Because, yeah. Yeah. So that, that, that's my mindset with duels. Yeah. But it's also like sometimes Hail Mary, like 30 seconds left, that Hail Mary might not come to the last five seconds anyway. So the likeliness is if they throw themselves to their back, I mean, people oh, do and, this, and they, Yeah, they flop. Some people, they just say, oh, it didn't work out. I'm yeah. here. So many factors. Yeah. There's a lot of things. But yeah, chess checkers. It's worth talking. So... I think, because this is the reason, and I'm going to tie it back to the initial question, do you think wrestling is like chess is because of this. I went to, like, a, a Froshoff tournament just because I had to go, right? It's funny, uh, yeah. right? They're fun. And you hear the conversations that they have, and this one freshman said to the to the other freshman, he said, wrestling is like chess. And then he said, and see how you're nodding your head, like, yeah, yeah, right, cool. Yeah. He was like, no, nah, wrestling is nothing like chess, boy. What are you talking about? It's totally different. And then in my head, I'm like, I don't say anything, but yeah. in my head, I'm like, it kind of is. Yeah. So now I'm asking you, as someone who's kind of like at a higher echelon of wrestling awareness, what do you think? So, and But simplify your answer, you think, yes, it is. I mean, yeah. So when it comes to duels, it's very chess-like. Um, you got to have your strategies. You got to – you can you can almost say like trick plays, bumping people up, moving <clears> people <throat> around unexpectedly. Like there's a rule, I think, whoever – Whoever's like odd or even, so match one is odd. Obviously, match two is even. Yeah. I think you gotta check in first, whatever yeah, match and is then, on, and then they, you and can then, decide who yeah. you want to send. So this happened to me, my first or second year coaching. We were wrestling for yeah. I'm pretty sure the league title, um, and the other team waited because we had to check in anyway, and our guy was ready. He had beat this kid. He'll beat him, I'll say, 9 out of 10 times. Shit, 10 out of 10. He's pinned him the past three times he's wrestled him. Mm-hmm. And the other team knew that. So the other team waited until we checked in. And I think they needed to not get... They need they could give up the pin that match and then not get pinned the next match or get the pin the next match. I don't know. 
what it came down to was our team didn't need to get pinned that final that final heavyweight match and they knew the 95 who had gotten beaten the past however many times they wrestled would probably get pinned again mm-hmm. so they waited our 95 checked in he goes out there he's waiting he's ready and then they just look at us like haha we got you yeah like very strategic threw us all off when we talked about it after we were like damn that was like a good move like very like unexpected and that's in the sense like duels i feel like are more chess like mm-hmm. but it does have that unexpected factor of i agree like bad refing and stuff which i mean but down to the base question yeah i'd say it's it's a little like chess i mean you got to know your strategy you got to know your game plan you got to know what what does what to people? You gotta know. And it comes with experience yeah, too. Definitely. The more you play chess, the better you get at it. The more you 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 coach in duels, the better you can uh, set up your wrestlers yeah. in a certain method. So exactly. it's like it's similar. It's a good analogy. Okay, so I think damn, that was that was a long time was a we, long talked <laughs> we talked about. And it went from us talking about people to to uh, talking about wrestling, which we thought would happen. Exactly. And yeah, that's what we thought. Alright, so let's have, let's, brief intermission. This podcast was brought to you today by Modelitos. It's like a Modelo, but a lot smaller. Just Lito. Hello everybody, we're back from that brief intermission. I hope you enjoyed that commercial. And in the intermission, we decided to talk about Coach Sean, because he is someone that is so good to talk about right now. And to start it off, we're going to talk about a... Well, Kevin has a story about him at Blackwatch. So go ahead. So this tournament we went to, uh, it's a little Christmas tournament. I want to say it's like two days after Christmas. Don't know why they planned it that way, but, you know, God bless their souls. Um, We were just there, and uh, me and him, I think it was our second year, first year coaching together, I don't know. But we had already bonded, like, from the get, right off the bat. We were like, this is good. We... We just like acting like we knew each other forever. Um, we're staring, like we're talking about what God knows what. We had some weird conversations to the weirdest conversations ever to the best conversations of your life. This is true. And uh, we're talking about something. We just like happened to look at something on this cart. I don't know if it was snacks. It was like a water jug and like some like athletic training equipment. And then we saw a pop tart. And we both look at each other like. Let's go grab this Pop-Tart. And we're, like, talking about, like, we're going to get these Pop-Tarts. We're, like, pumped, excited. And then we turn, and this little girl that worked for the high school in the athletic training just happened to be, like, turn and look at us as we were, like, about to, you know, execute the mission of Pop-Tart grabbing. So we look at each other again, and we look at the Pop-Tart. We're, like, all right, let's go grab it. And then we turn to go grab it, and this chick's just staring at us. And then we lock eyes again. We're, like, oh. And we just start dying of laughter, and it was hilarious. So, Sean, this is who Sean is, ready? I said it in the intermission with Kevin, and then I was like, we need to, we need to record this, because this is, this is facts. Sean is the type of guy that can get along with every single soul on Earth, everybody. Everybody, everybody, everybody. It could be a two-year-old. It could be a 14-year-old freshman. An 18-year-old senior. Uh, you can also be a lot older like Coach Olsen and get along with him. All the, coach, all the coaches, all the parents, everybody. 
Everybody. Everybody. Everybody. Everybody. And then you get him to the side and you let him know what I just said. And then he goes, but I hate all of them. <laughs> <laughs> and, you, I mean, you know he's kind of joking, but he's kind of serious and it's funny. So, yeah, that's who he is. He's blessed because I can't get along with everybody. I swear. I swear. I cannot click like that with everybody. I can't do that. I really can't, but he could. So... That is a great, that's great, that's a great thing to have in your life. What do you think, Kevin? Oh, yeah, dude. I don't know anyone that hates him. Or dislikes yeah, him. Yeah, no one, no one hates that guy. Everybody loves him. Good time. Every, everybody <coughs> loves that guy. Yeah, man. Some I could tell you plenty more stories, but can't do it. <laughs> All right. At this point of, in the conversation between me and Kevin, Kevin asks me, what did I learn in the Marine Corps that I applied to my coaching and life? But I, I didn't um, catch him rec uh, saying it as I was recording. I'll work off that. First and foremost, I enlisted in the Marines at 18. I got out at 22. Okay. They're in, in life, you mature, right? Okay, so you at 22, you, you, Kevin, were more mature than you were at 18. I'd like to think so, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it, right? So that in itself was a plus, just getting out, um, uh, going into coaching at 22 opposed to 18 or whatever. Yeah. That helped. That helped just on just the basis of life, of maturity, right? Because I'm not as immature as I was at 18. And I was pretty immature at 18. As we were both three, yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> everyone, you know. Yeah. So that's that's good. That's a that's a plus is I'll go plus and negative. So the plus side is you go in at twenty two opposed to eighteen. And you're just a little bit more mature. The negative sign is you go in at twenty two instead of eighteen. So there's a lack of experience that you missed out on that. There's four years of, of a gap. And it wasn't like I was not attached to the program at all when I was gone. I was literally like gone. Yeah, you were out. Exactly. So I go from 2010, 2014, blank, 2018, <laughs> right? So there's a lot of stuff I missed out on, which is fine. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah, so which is fine or whatever. But that's a negative thing. I missed out on coaching experience, but I, I kind of sacrificed that to whatever, quote, unquote, serve the country and then benefit myself in terms of life-wise with the benefits and, and whatnot. So there's that. Two. Leadership. You learn a lot about leadership. Okay. Yep. And in the Marine Corps, you have four years of service. For the most part, not everybody, but for the most part, the first three out of those four, so 75% of your service is you're a follower for the most. So you learn a lot about taking orders and knowing what it's like to be a follower. And that contains being told what to do, being disrespected, hazing, all those bad things. And there's a bunch of good things. There's people who treat you with respect, and there's people who disrespect you. So that's one. So by the time you're in your fourth year, you have both experiences. You know those people who are disrespectful and dicks, and you know those people that are respectful, and they speak to you tactfully, and they know how things are beyond beyond the big picture. There's a small picture, there's the big picture, yeah. and there's beyond the big picture. And the people who think beyond the big picture teach you with respect regardless of your rank. So... And not everybody interprets interprets it like this, but I did. Was by the time I'm in the position where I'm a leader, 
I can treat people with respect, right? So then that happened in my fourth year mm -hmm. of the Marine Corps. I treated everybody with respect, with respect, and it worked out for me. People liked me yep. a lot because I never hazed anybody or disrespected anybody. So with that in itself, I got over my ego by the time I was 22. But So when I was able to coach, um, when I transitioned into coaching, I carried over that. I was like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I'm 22. It doesn't matter that I serve my country. It doesn't matter that I have more experience than you do. I'm not going to uh, talk down upon you or criticize you or condemn you because I know that I'll earn more respect that way than if I act like I know, if, if I know what I'm talking about or whatever. Yep. So I carried that over. And that, that actually helped me out a lot because there's a lot there's a lot of kids, not a lot, but a couple of kids in the program that they were better than me or they are better than me than how I was when I was in. And they like me a lot, right? Because I treat them with respect. Common decency. It goes back Simple to the big it yep. goes back to the beginning of the podcast when you said I like to be humble. And it goes both ways. You could be you're the hot shit and you're humble, or you could be you ain't shit and you're humble. That's fact. And people respect both sides of that, Definitely. period. It doesn't matter. So that's what I've carried over in life. And it's going to be nothing like the coaching stuff, but it's more it's more of like a sense of urgency. Um, and I don't know if it's because of the military or because of my personal personality, but I'm always, like, worried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm always worried. I'm always, like, thinking... Um, like two years, two or three years, or four years ahead. Like I'm always, I'm always worried about that. So, and and in the military, you're always working hard, and you're always thinking about what's gonna come up, and you always have to be prepared. So that's helped me out with life. And I think that it sums up the answer to your question. Yeah, definitely. That's cool, man. Yeah, definitely cannot agree with. I can agree with that for sure. I don't think two, three years ahead, but I definitely try to plan ahead because. I mean, there's moments where I'm like, fuck it, I'm just living in the moment. But then there's those moments where I'm like, oh, yeah, I definitely prepared for this. So I yeah. was ready. So that's always a bonus. That's cool. Okay. So to wrap up this podcast, I'm going to ask you one question. Okay. What are you most blessed about in your life? Most blessed? Um, honestly, just the experiences I've encountered throughout my life. Uh, to say, I guess, just through the sport of wrestling. Uh the people I've met through it, like my friend here whose podcast we're on, uh, the people we've talked about, the places I've went, I've been, shit, countless amount of states to wrestle, and it brought me to a place that I never ever saw myself in, which is in Iowa, so just, I guess just wrestling with all the, uh, the opportunities it's opened up, where it's put me at today, I'm now an assistant coach uh, for a university, so that's pretty fun. Uh, and I feel like it's helped develop just me as a person, not just in the sport, but with life. Um, it's taught me how to lose. It's taught me how to take those losses. It's taught me how to be a winner. It's taught me how to just be ready and humble in times of greatness, but also <clears throat> how to accept those not-so-great times and use them not so much as like a time to mourn, but to prepare yourself for the next step. So I think that's what I'd prepare myself, like be most grateful for and just wrestling and all the things it's kind of brought me to in my life and all the experiences and people I met from it and where it's put me today. So you see that? 
So me and Keith, we could have talked about anything, and it wrapped mm-hmm. around, wrestling. wrapped around back to wrestling. So, I mean, he he loves the sport. He's, I mean, he he. Based off of what he just said, he credits most of his life towards the sport. So that that says a lot. That says a lot. And we could have talked about anything, and we talked about that. So with that being said, thank you guys for listening. I appreciate you guys tuning in. This podcast is a lot longer than it usually is. Usually it's about 15 minutes. I don't know how long this is. It's probably about an hour. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Thank you guys for tuning in. We were drinking, having a bro-on-bro chat. Hope you tune in next time. Modelito. <laughs>